Welcome to the Natalie Creates Podcast, creating your best life one step at a time. I'm your host, Natalie Freeman, lifestyle blogger and business owner of almost 10 years. Join me here for conversations with entrepreneurs and personal development leaders about business growth, mental health, relationships, and more. Are you ready to take the next step towards your best life? Let's get started. If you like what you hear today, please leave a review and share this podcast on Instagram. Simply take a screenshot, share on stories, and tag me at Natalie Creates so I can thank you for your support. Friends, if you're like me, you're probably wondering what day it is, or when this will all end, or if you can just skip dinner time because you've cooked for at least 2 million days in a row. Well, I've got good news. Elise and I are serving up just the motivation you need to keep moving forward in whatever you're facing today. On today's episode, we are talking about maintaining daily routines and even planning for the future in the midst of a global pandemic. I think you will find this episode extremely relevant and helpful no matter what stage of life you are in. Elise lives with her husband and two young daughters in San Diego, California. She has been sharing thoughts and DIY projects online since 2005. She's been running an online shop of handmade goods since 2008. And in 2015, she launched Get to Workbook, which I love you guys. It's a day planner and goal setting journal. In October of 2019, Elise's first book, Big Dreams, Daily Joys, a guidebook to goal setting was released. Grab your coffee and join us. You guys, this is going to be a good one. This episode is sponsored by Freckled Hen Farmhouse, a modern day general store filled with thoughtful home goods, gifts, and seasonal decor that encourages everyone to live fully and give generously. You can visit the brick and mortar store at 840 North College Avenue in beautiful Fayetteville, Arkansas, or shop with Freckled Hen online at freckledhenfarmhouse.com. Use code NCPODCAST15 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase at freckledhenfarmhouse.com. Now for the show. Elise, I am so excited to interview you today. I feel like I have so many questions that are relevant to what's going on right now. But first, I have to ask you, how are you doing? There is so much going on in your life that is compounding with this whole situation that's happening. Yes. Um, I feel sometimes, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm like everyone, I'm overwhelmed. I really I do great when there is a plan, even when I don't like the plan. So it's really hard to not know when does this end? How does this end? What does it look like when this is over? Um, in addition, I live in San Diego. And so we have been quarantined um, basically in our house since March 15th. Um, I have two kids and they're not going to school. So they're just home. And what makes it worse is my husband is currently deployed. And so he's been gone since uh, like the third week of February. And I thought that I would have to just like keep going while he was gone. I didn't think I would have to relearn how to live my life while he was gone. So it's been really rough. (laughs) Um, I, what's been interesting is I think as we have, I hate that this is our new normal, but I think as we've settled into it, it's gotten easier. I feel less like I'm drowning 
today than I felt during week one of quarantine. So I guess that's good. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's just super hard. Yeah. Um, Elise, I'm so sorry. I think the situation is slightly different, at least right now in Arkansas. We do not have like, you know, a stay at home shelter in place. And so I think having two kids at home, being their full-time educator while also running a business while your husband is also deployed feels super hard. And so I just wanted to (laughs) acknowledge that for listeners so that they know like where you're coming from and that you're a real person who is also finding time to knit (laughs) and do all of these things and launch a new product. So I just want to take the time to acknowledge that, um, because it's incredible and you are doing such a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I, I, you know, I think I, I think I've said this before on Instagram. I think we all like everyone handles crisis differently. Right. Like, and it's not, I'm not like, wow, like I'm going to be so productive. But I think that, um, part of how I stay sane is like, what can I do? You know, what can I do? Just because that makes me feel a little bit more in control because when I am in control, I'm kind of moving through things. And so right. that, that first week though, I mean, I, I sat on my couch and I like scrolled Twitter, like just, just, um, obsessively. And I couldn't, I couldn't imagine getting out of that. So it took me time. And of course I still like panic and melt down. Um, but I, I think trying like refinding, refinding a little bit of me, which is that, you know, more, as you mentioned, like more productivity that that's, that's helped. Right. And I mean, we'll get started with some of the questions, but just for listeners who may not know, making things is part of your everyday. And so being able to do those things and have a little bit of a normalcy, normalcy in your day is just so important. Yep. Yep. I think I've, I'm reading this book and the author talks about stress and she talks about like flight or fight. Um, and how, if you are like in the jungle, you know, 20,000 years ago and you, you see a tiger and you run from the tiger and you get to your tribe and you tell them like, oh, there's a tiger. And then your tribe like goes and you, you know, kill the tiger, you eat the tiger, your stress cycle ends the next day when you go back to your normal life. So it's not like escaping the tiger isn't enough to end your stress cycle. You have to once again, go out and like garden or once again, go out and make a cup of coffee or something. And so I've been thinking like going back to the knitting, like going back to my normal routine is me telling myself like, you're okay. Like this is a stressful situation, but you are okay. And so I, I think that's part of why I'm craving all of these, like, you know, more of my normal crafty things. For sure. Well, Elise, tell us a little bit about who you are and how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, I started a blog in 2005. So I was 20, 20 and I'm 35. (laughs) Uh, I started a blog because that was the only thing that we really had on the internet at the time. Um, and I wanted to just share different things. And eventually that kind of evolved into more craft projects. And then, you know, I started dating my husband and we got married and we had a house and or we moved and we, you know, decorated an apartment and then we had kids. And so my blog kind of followed my life. And, and I was, I was an original blog reader. I think I've been, I think I read your blog for at least 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I really, I, I like to say I grew up on the internet. Like I really, yeah. really did. I figured out a lot, you know, a lot about who I am and a lot about what I like online. So it all, so I guess let's see, I did a lot of different things. And then in 2015, I launched a planner. It's called get to workbook. 
And that became, that's like my job. That's my day job right now, you know, selling that planner. And I think everything that I do, it all just comes back to goal setting and productivity and um, finding like the fun part of setting goals and working towards them. And so that, that has, that's always been the thread in my work, kind of no matter what I've done. Okay. I feel like you have created all these products during what we like to call normal time, but mm-hmm. how in the heck do we approach goal setting right now in times like these? Yes. That's a, such a good question. It's something I, the first week I was like, what do I do? Like, right. <laughs> like all of us are wondering, like, how do, what do we say in this online space? Like, yes. how do we live? I know. Yes. I mean, I remember when you talked about launching this podcast, you were, you were like, this feels crazy. Like it feels crazy to go about anything normal or talk about any of our normal things in this situation. So yeah, like I, my, the first, like one of the first days I wrote in my journal, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, how how am I going to encourage people to plan through the unplannable? So (laughs) something, something that I think about for myself is you get to mourn or grieve all of the things that you can't do. And I think that a big part of setting new goals in this situation is looking back at the goals you thought you had. Like, what did you think you were going to do on January 1? Or what did you think you were going to do on March 1st? Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that that's not going to happen. Like you're, that trip you were saving to take in May, you're probably not going. And so you get to be sad about that. And I think that's an important part of then looking forward to the next thing. And then I think it's about figuring out what do, what do I personally think will make me feel better in this situation? And that might take a little bit of time to think through because online, you know, you see people making sourdough and, um, you know, whatever they're doing, like having game nights with their friends every night on FaceTime or whatever it is. And you're like, man, that looks fun for her. Like, is that what I want? And, and right. this is hard because maybe not like, <laughs> you know, it, it can take a long time to be like, to separate what you think you should be doing from what would actually make you feel better. It's um, a weird, it's a weird FOMO because <laughs> you're not seeing people going eating brunch. You're seeing them making sourdough bread at their home or, yeah. you know, yeah. doing another craft project or, mm-hmm. you know, redecorating their home. And you're thinking, should I be doing that? Is that what yeah. I actually want to do? I know. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about that a lot. I think we, we think of FOMO so much as, oh, I want to go where she is. Right. And then you realize like, no man. And I think this time can almost be worse for FOMO. I think people who are all alone, you know, think to themselves like, man, like, you know, I wish I, I, of course, like I, you know, I wish I had a partner here with me, you know, or I wish I had family or I'm, you know, I'm so bored. I wish I had blah, blah. And the people who have their like eight kids are like, man, I wish I had like, everyone would leave me for a weekend, you know? So it's this very bizarre, we're all in such extremes. It can be really easy to like want that other extreme. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Anyway, so, but you do think through, you think about what would make me like, how do I kind of want to feel? And then it's picking something that can be done, like some a goal that fits this moment. So I would say a goal at this point could be cleaning out your garage, um, you know, making sure you've pulled every weed in your backyard, like something that you can do. And then I think you get to really dream about the upcoming years because that's really fun. That can be fun to think about. My husband and I will have been married 10 years at the end of this month. And Congrats. thank you. And so he's obviously gone. I haven't seen him in two months, but we have been like thinking about what do we want to do in the next 10 years? 
And it's like super big, bold, exciting things. And I have like a spreadsheet and it's all of these ideas and none of them we can start on today, but it's really made me feel better to think about like, there's going to be a time after this, like he's going to come home. We're going to get to work towards this stuff together. So that's been really fun. I would say super small, manageable, you can do it goals can be helpful. And Mm -hmm. then shoot the moon, big dreams for when this is over can also be inspiring. I mean, I would say that Luke and I are doing the exact same thing. It's I fun, am, right? <laughs> right. I'm kind of coming up with a couple of things I can do each day that'll get me, especially with home projects, because I'm such a social person. I'm processing through a lot of worry right now, just with our business and things like that. I mean, Luke joined the team pretty much full time, like three days before this stuff went down. And so I'm processing through a lot of worry through like painting our walls and things like that. Mm -hmm. So being able to have those small goals is super helpful. But then also thinking about like, what do we want to do on the farm that maybe we can't do right now? One of those things is add chickens. We used to have chickens. We sold them, um, getting honeybees, you know, doing things to our greenhouse. So I can definitely relate to that. I want to pick apart a couple of things that you said. First of all, you started out by saying you journal. Do you journal regularly? Because I'm fascinated by this habit. I don't do it. I want to do it. Talk to listeners about that. So I am the exact same. Like I did not journal at all. To me, it seemed like like boring, like what will I say? So I did a really simple thing starting in last August and I would highly recommend it. I like hesitate to even call it journaling because it's just, it's so easy, but it's, it's, I have a a one line a day journal. So it's five years and then every day is a page. So it's like February 22nd and you know, of 2000 and then the next year of 2001. And so you write like five years worth of memories per page. You just work your way. And in the beginning, when I started, it was like, you know, we had blank for dinner or one of my daughters said, blah, 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 funny. Um, but then when this all started happening, I would like use that time. I, I, I keep it right by my bed. I do it right before bed, before I read a book. Um, and I, or I scroll my phone, whatever. Um, I know I'm I, like, yeah. damn, she's balanced. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not anymore. I used to be balanced and then the pandemic. Um, and so I, as this is all happening, like I literally wrote like, how do I help people plan the unplannable? Like I like wrote that down. And it's a good little, and so sometimes it's very basic, you know, it was sunny, but sometimes it really is these deeper things. And I've really liked it. I've especially liked it right now where everything feels like it blends together. I can go back and be like, oh my gosh, remember when I didn't know if school would be canceled, you know? And so that's been good. The other, (laughs) I have a journal that's like actually launching. Um, So that's a different, yeah, that's a different type of journal that is more goal setting focused. Um, it's, it has weekly spreads. So the idea with that is you check in. I, I do mine on Friday morning. So I open it up and I, Friday morning, I take 10 minutes and I write like what happened in the last week. And then what I'm hoping will happen in the next week, basically, well, we could pop some photos in your show notes. People could see it, but for sure, um, that's been really helpful. Um, especially during this period where, like I said, it feels like nothing is happening. It feels like we're just kind of stuck. It's been really helpful to think through like, Oh no, things are happening, you know? And I can still take some control over this. Like I can still control some things. So yeah, so those two things have been great. I would be very intimidated to pick up just a beautiful lined journal with nothing on it, no guidelines and start writing. That is not really my thing. Yeah. And also I think how to help people plan the unplannable 
is a book title, Elise. That is your second book. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Yeah, it might it might be. Yeah. Hey, talk to us a, a bit more about other tangible tools and tips um, for right now. I think of one thing off the top of my head would be your three things list. Yeah. Yeah. When my daughter Ellery was born, I was just the most overwhelmed new mom there ever was. And my mom was in town. Paul was also deployed during that time. So my mom was here and I would be like freaking out. And she would say, Elise, like, what are three things you can do today? What can you do? And so I started this habit where the night before I went to bed, I would write down, like, you know, fold the laundry, send a thank you card, run the dishwasher. And then the next morning, those would be the things that I would make sure I took care of throughout the day. And it really helped. And so when this all was happening, you know, that first week I sat on my couch the entire week. And then that second Saturday, I was like, okay, (laughs) three things, what can I do? And I started sharing that sharing mine on Instagram. Cause I'm not everyone is like this, but I'm very motivated by publicly saying what I want to do. And then I am it. too. Yeah. Yes. Right. It's super yes. inspiring to me. <laughs> what, what Enneagram are you? I am a seven Okay, with okay. a very strong eight wing. Okay. Um, it's interesting. The Enneagram has been really helpful for me, but Gretchen Rubin has also been incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm an obliger. So Got imagine yeah. like a seven who loves to be social, but also has to have other people around to do the things she says she's going to do. Mm-hmm. So Instagram and speaking out loud, those goals is so powerful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just recently did a no spend closet challenge. Yeah. I was inspired by you and then also a coworker. And that was really interesting for me because I swear I would have gone to every store secretly and would have shopped and like not let Luke know had I not posted about that regularly on Instagram. I just have to have that outward external accountability. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very similar. I'm, I'm super, if I say I'm going to do it um, in my head, I'm like, they know, they know I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know? Other people hate that. Of course. Right. Like other people, they, they announce it and then they shrink down and they don't, they, they just re- completely rebel. Right. Right. Are um, you an upholder though? I think I'm more of an upholder. Yeah. Yes. I, I definitely still can do things for myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what is your Enneagram number? I'm a three. Okay. So, I was wondering. Yeah. And I think that relates more to like, like, look what I did. You know? <laughs> like, um, and I also am like words of affirmation is my love language. So I do well to like, it sounds ridiculous, but like, it means a lot to me when people are like, good job, you know, like that's like satisfying. Um, So I think it all, that whole loop, you know, feeds in, but yes, I started sharing my three things on Instagram and then I made like just simple templates, like for Instagram stories where you could put yours. And again, I think the important thing is setting the three things. I don't think you need to tell your Instagram following what you want to do unless you want to. And then that turned into a notepad. I have a local printer in San Diego. I use him all the time for like when I do letterpress prints and you know, he's local, he does wedding invitations. And so his business is gone. Like he went from having all of this stuff on his list to having nothing. And so I was like, do you got time for these? And he was like, I have nothing but time. (laughs) So it was a really good matchup because I got to make this product locally. He got to do something. Um, and then, you know, I like picked it up with a face mask and like in front of him. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that was really fun. I I could have never been like I'm going to make a product during this pandemic, um, but it was one of those ideas that came and it was like, oh yeah, this is perfect. Like this is a good fit for right now. 
It's really interesting that you say that because I listen to Rachel Hollis's podcast quite a bit Mm -hmm. because I think it has some really great um, tangible advice. And she specifically had a podcast talking about how to run a business during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she talked about, she talked about was not launching a new product unless it's proven to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I think you did a really great job of that, Elise, of posting that template online. People were responding in such a positive way. Also knowing that you've done notepads in the past and it's been proven to be successful. So I think that's great. That's a, that's a really good point. It was extremely low risk. Um, you know, and my guy, because he's local, he could do a small batch. And so I, I even, you're right. Like I, I shared it digitally and then I got to do a really soft launch. Like I ordered 200 notepads. Thankfully those all sold, but it would have been not a big deal if they hadn't. And then I could reorder because it's local. And so it was a very easy, soft launch. This is a really tough time. I understand like everyone feels very nervous financially. We, we, no one knows. We don't know, you know, we we don't know how long this lasts. We don't know where we're going to be at. Um, and I am extremely aware of that. And, and like, I, I, I do struggle, like, how do I market? Like none, none of the products I sell are necessities. Um, and I never want people to feel like that. So I think a lot of my marketing approach has been, Hey, like you don't need this, <laughs> but if you want this, like it's here, does that make sense? Like it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to kind of find that balance of, sharing your work and like still letting people know what's available without them feeling like you're trying to, I don't know, like overwhelm them or yeah. Yeah. I definitely see what you're saying. And I mean, we've had meetings about this, you Mm -hmm. know, on repeat over the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. I think a couple of things that come to mind in terms of marketing, especially right now is a, like you said, these are not necessities. This is not an essential to living. Mm-hmm. but it does create a little bit of normalcy, which is what yeah. people are craving right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so being able to say like, Hey, um, I know that you might not be able to go on that vacation in May, but how about you plan out a home renovation? And here's a notebook that's going to help you do that mm-hmm. creates a little bit of normalcy. And also a goal is super helpful to have yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so while it's not an essential, it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Another thing would be the reality that if this would have happened 10 years ago, I think small business would have been impacted even more than it has been. I think we've been doing so much work the last 10 years to put our money where our heart is. Mm -hmm. And so, so many people specifically for Freckled Hen are showing up and shopping with us simply because they care Mm -hmm. and because Mm -hmm. birthdays and anniversaries and holidays are still happening. And so people want to love on these small businesses instead of going to a big box store. Yes. Yes. I think you're so right. I think we've had like all of this practice of small business Saturday. I think people are aware. I mean, that's not enough, obviously, but I'm saying like, it's just been so talked about like the value of it and how, when you support small business, like they are supporting all of these other small businesses and right. that those people are spending their monies in their communities, you know? And, and I, I do think that everyone is a little bit more educated on that and on what the process looks like. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's also been super fascinating because in terms of sourcing for us, which you touched on as well, mm-hmm. um, with the notepad being sourced locally, mm-hmm. a lot of our brands that we had that were a little more accessible in terms of price point are not able to ship right now mm-hmm. because they have these huge warehouses and they cannot have people in those spaces or at yeah. least a large volume. So we're lucky in that we've kind of diversified. So we're able to go to our small makers and say, hey, we'd actually love to support you right now and buy because our customers are buying from us. Can you do this? And they're like, absolutely. I've been a three-man show this whole time. (laughs) So like, I'm here for you. So that's been an incredible thing to be like, okay, how can Freckled Hen also support these small makers that we've been supporting this whole time in larger volumes than we did in the past? Mm -hmm. I love that. That is such a good point. Prior to all this in like late February, I had a warehouse in San Diego where I shipped my product and I moved everything back home to my garage. I set it up. So it's like definitely dedicated to shipping, but we also get our car in there. Yeah. It was like twofold. One was like my inventory. I I don't need to carry as much inventory as I used to. And second, I like, I could not spend 2000 a month anymore on a space. And I was honestly shocked by that price. I know it's San Diego. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was terrible. It was really rough writing those checks every month. And so Thankfully, you know, the end of February, I had planned to move everything home. And so now with my kids here all day, every day, I would not be able to, I would probably have to ship like one day a week because I'd have to bring them to the warehouse. Whenever I take them to the warehouse, they like ruin a bunch of products. So I lose like a hundred dollars just because they're there. <laughs> it's like the worst. And so I, um, now I just like go out to my garage. I pack what, like I ship, you know, if you order something from me, and my mail hasn't gone out. Like you're getting it that day, you know, like I'm going to go pack it. (laughs) And so I, I, in this place, I do feel good to be a small business because I feel like I get to be nimble and I get to, you know, kind of make adjustments. Um, and that, that feels good. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about parenting and working. Um, I don't have experience in that. So talk to us a little bit about maybe how you divide up your day, um, how you make time for a little bit of you time to keep yourself sane. I'm just dying to know. I mean, we're doing this podcast right now and I have no idea where your kids are. (laughs) The reality is they're somewhere in the house and they're not saying a peep. I know. So I think, I think one is still sleeping and I think the other one is downstairs with the iPad. (laughs) Nice. Well Um, done. Yeah. I, so two things. I'm like totally screen time. I'm like, fine. You can watch as much TV as you want. Um, and I find that my girls like watch TV and then they get bored and then they do something else because I never, I'm like, turn it off, turn it off. They just like, they treat it the way I treat everything, which is like, I do it and then I get bored and then I do something else. Uh, They just get to watch it if they want to. So that's been good. Um, but I have two, which is great because they play with each other. Um, my girls are six and are almost seven and four. And if I had one kid right now, I think it would be a lot harder because that Mm -hmm. one kid would be like, mom, mom, what are we doing? What are we doing? With two, I can be like, go, go play, go play. Um, and so that's been good. They're at really good ages for playing. I'm lucky in that my job isn't usually super intense focused work. Um, a lot of it is more like setting up a photo or, you know, working through something in my head or so I can kind of bounce around. Um, but the last thing is, and this is what I would say for any parent, let your kids see you working, whatever your job is, let them watch you do it. Let them see you packing. Let them see you excited when something goes great at your job. Let them see you bummed when it's a fail. Talk to them about it. Tell them like why you like it. Like my girls think that every mom just does what I do. And that of course they'll just 
make up their own plan and sell their own thing. Um, and I think that's great. And I also think it's great if they go be an accountant. Like it's, I, I just, I want them to know that I love my job um, because I think it's so important that they eventually find a job that they love. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Elise, what is a piece of advice that you would give someone right now? Whew, I think ease up on yourself. <laughs> um, and, you know, we see it's like such a meme. It's like, you don't have to use this pandemic to like improve or like fix it for you. And it's like, what are you not doing? You know, it's, it's very, <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about? Like there, there's all of this encouragement, like you can do anything right now. And then there's all these people being like, you don't have to. I just think like all of it is true. Like there's no right way to do this. This is insane. The most important thing is like that you can take a deep breath and feel like it's all enough. Like it's all enough. The days where you feel like this is a nightmare um, and you like want to leave, like you want to like run away. (laughs) um, That is completely normal and okay. Mm -hmm. And the days where you are like laughing and you're having fun and you forget for a second that this is happening, um, that is also okay. Like there is not a simple of course it's not simple, but there's no right way. Like it's just kind of, we're all just kind of doing it. Yeah. I've been really acknowledging the roller coaster of emotions right now. Just understanding that it's okay to cry mm-hmm. one hour and then laugh the next. Mm-hmm. This is just a roller coaster and we're all doing the best we can. Yeah. Sometimes my daughter, you know, we've now, we've been home now like 30 days or something. And my older daughter will like just like burst into tears and she'll be like, I hate coronavirus or, you know, I'm so sad that we missed this concert in, mm-hmm. in March. And she'll still like, <clears throat> you know, now she'll like cry about it. And at first I was like, haven't we gone over this? Like in my head, in my, in my parent head, I don't say that to her <laughs> in, in my, in my head. I'm like, we, don't we know this now? You know? And then I'm like, Oh, like she's doing exactly what I'm doing. Like I will just burst into tears out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't like go to her crying, you know, I just cry and pull it together. But um, I think that her emotion, her little seven-year-old emotion is so exactly right. Like you're just doing your day and then suddenly you're just overwhelmed at the whole thing and you're sobbing. Um, and, I, and I think she's a good example of kind of what we're all doing. Okay. I have to ask you, what are your big goals for this year? I know that's such a hard question, but you are the person I look to for goals. So what are your big goals for this year? And what would possibly be your big goals for five years from now? Yeah, I love it. Okay. So my big goals for this year, I had like goals for the new year and then my birthday is in February. And so I did something different in February. I made a list of like I turned 35. So I made a list of 35 things that I wanted to do. And people can go see that um, on Instagram. We can link to it. So I have a bunch of different things. And they all, to me, the most important thing about goal setting is that it feels exciting and inspiring. It's something I want to do. So I would say the biggest is kind of within our house. Like it's getting a lot of different house projects done. We moved in. We've been here now just over a year. And there's a lot of spaces that look like we just moved in. Like here is our Mm -hmm. stuff. It's all here. Um, And so my original plan was to have the house much closer to done when my husband got home. Um, but now I can't have like people in my house helping, you know, and a lot of it isn't DIY. And so I'm a little bit pushed back on that, but I'm still kind of hopeful. So getting my house to a good place, my feeling for 2020 is I wanted to feel settled. That was my overall goal was just feel really settled in kind of a wrench right now, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm still hopeful. Um, and then five years from now, Something I'm really inspired actually by you guys, Natalie and Luke, um, is 
like how much you make time for travel. I'm really inspired. And when Paul and I were talking about our next 10 years, it was like, we want to do that. We, we don't make it a priority. And because of that, we don't do much. Um, and that's fine, but like, we, we really want to, Paul's job is going to get a little bit more relaxed here. Um, Our girls are getting older and we really want to travel and bring them and like do the hassle of bringing them anyway, like make that happen. Um, so that's something that we think about a lot. We have like silly things. Like we want to master recipes. Like we want to figure out like the best pizza dough, like the best fish tacos, the best margaritas. Like we have all of these like fun, simple food things that we want to do. Yeah. Those are some of them. (laughs) Those are so good. Those are so good. And so I feel like tangible right now. I mean, maybe not the home projects, but definitely dreaming about travel. We've already sadly had to cancel one trip. Um, and I told Luke after this, like mama's heading straight to the beach because (laughs) I think everyone, I think it's going to be crazy. Oh, 100%. I think, yeah, it's hard right now you don't want to buy tickets because you don't know when this is going to end. But at the same time, I think, you know, it's probably going to be a thousand dollars to get to the beach after that. I know. <laughs> because I know. people are all going to be needing to go. But yeah, I mean, travel is a huge part of our family's DNA mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we save for that and we live simply to make it happen. And I think it's just because I was looking back and kind of thinking about our life and I'm just so grateful that we've been able to see so many places and I can kind of think about those things because it really is the best form of inspiration for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I imagine like just getting, like stepping out of your routine, I find, um, my brain like starts thinking differently. And I like, even if I'm not, I'm not focused, like in my best ideas are the ones that are like in the back of my head, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm doing something else. And, and I think, it's probably been really good for your, for your work and and like for your creativity to take those breaks too. Obviously in addition to like how fun. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So what is bringing you joy right now? Yeah, right now, um, we got chickens. We have baby chicks. Um, as we talk, they're like three days old. Oh, so exciting. I know they're so cute. And so that's been really fun. Like getting to like play with them is fun working on, I started the hundred day project, which is like an open creative project. If you're listening to this now, you can totally join. There's tons of information online, but I'm, I'm like, that's been fun. Like to make sure I'm doing something's really specifically creative every day. And then this is terrible. People won't like this, but every night before I go to bed, I clean my kitchen. Like I get everything off the counter. I wipe down those counters and I never did this before Paul left, but I do it now. And when I wake up in the morning and I go out there and there's nothing on the counters, I feel immense joy. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, I, I like hesitate to say that because I think people will be like, what? You clean your kitchen? It's like, yes, I do. And it makes me feel so good in the morning. So, Elise, I think that's <laughs> huge. I mean, we definitely, before we go to bed, we make sure that everything's put away for the most part. When mm-hmm. we wake up in the morning, we make sure our bed is made. Mm-hmm. I've been getting dressed every morning because I think that that just helps our yeah. mindset. Yeah. Those small, tiny things, that's truly the only thing we can control right now. I completely agree. And I think at first you're like, that just sounds like one more thing. It's like, I know, but I put on a podcast and it's like, I get it all ready. And then that morning, there's nothing like it. (laughs) We're just ready. (laughs) A blank slate for your day, baby. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Elise, how can people stay connected with you and any particular launches of products? Yes. Yes. So, um, the best place to like find me online is on Instagram. I'm at Elise joy. Um, if you want more like content. Um, I have a newsletter. You can get that at elisejoy.com slash newsletter. And I send out 
somewhat meaty newsletters every like 10 days. And that's a good like way to kind of keep up to date without having to follow anywhere. For sure. Um, I'm a subscriber and it's fantastic. Way to go. Thank you. I work, I work like hard on it. (laughs) I do. And so it feels good to hear that. And then I do it. We mentioned I have a journal. uh, It's called Big Dreams Daily Joys Journal. And it comes out on Tuesday, uh, April 21st. And you can get that anywhere books are sold. I would highly encourage you to grab it at your local bookshop. Um, Call them. They can pre-order it. If they don't have it in stock, they'll get it for you. That would be so great because it would support me and it would support them. And then you get a journal. Everyone wins. Well, Elise, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such a pleasure. I just want you to know I am such a huge fan of you. And if listeners don't know about you, I hope that they check you out because you are a gem. Awesome. Well, I'm hugely inspired by you. You guys, Natalie was on my podcast like five years ago. We should link to it. Um, (laughs) It was like right when you were getting going and I feel like you've just exploded. So um, the feeling is mutual. This has been really fun. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. To stay up to date on all things Natalie Creates, sign up for my newsletter at nataliecreates.com or follow me on Instagram at nataliecreates. This episode is sponsored by Freckled Hen Farmhouse, a modern day general store filled with thoughtful home goods, gifts, and seasonal decor that encourages everyone to live fully and give generously. You can visit the brick and mortar store at 840 North College Avenue in beautiful Fayetteville, Arkansas, or shop with Freckled Hen online at freckledhenfarmhouse.com. Use code NCPODCAST15 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase at freckledhenfarmhouse.com. Don't forget, If you like what you've heard today, please, please, please leave a review and share this podcast on Instagram. Simply take a screenshot, share on stories, and tag me at Natalie Creates so I can thank you for your support. Thanks, y'all. Let's talk soon.